0: Hello and welcome to the Rambling Runner podcast. I'm your host, Matt Chittum, and this is the podcast for all the dedicated amateur runners out there who are working hard to get better while balancing running with the rest of their lives. And today's show is a first. I am actually not the host of this episode. In fact, I'm the guest of this episode. So my good friend, Laura Pierce, this is her fourth time being on the podcast she has the mic in her hand, in a matter of speaking, and is interviewing me for this show. This is coming as a result of a surprising number of people, actually, who've reached out and said, hey, you need to be a guest on your own show, and um, people want to learn more about the host, I guess. Anyway, it's a, it's, I'm not going to lie, it is a little weird to be a guest on my own show. It feels a little odd. But I'm excited to do it. And I know Laura uh, is going to do a great job. And she's a good friend of mine. And I'm always excited to talk to her. That's for sure. So I hope you like the show. If this is your first time listening to the show, please know there's a lot more people who've been on the show who are maybe more entertaining or maybe have a a more uh, exciting story than myself. Uh, So this is your first one. Please give it another chance. If you don't like what you hear, I'm usually better as a host than I am as a guest, but I was excited to do this uh, at the urging of uh, Laura and a bunch of other people. So I hope you like what you hear. Uh, And if you do, please let me know. If not, Just hold it under your hat and and, uh, don't worry. We'll have more uh, interesting guests on in the very near future. I can promise you that. One note I want to put out there. So I'm recording this on Wednesday night. Uh, It is Wednesday uh, the 22nd. Uh, On Friday night, so on the 24th, I'm going to be hosting a meetup in Killington, Vermont at 8 p.m. at the Lookout Tavern, which is about a mile from the start line of the Under Armour Racing Series at Killington this weekend. So this series is remarkable. It's a 5k, there's a 10k, there's a 25k, and there's a 50k race uh, up and down the mountain or mountains in that area, depending on how long your race is. And I can't wait. ...to do this, and I'm really excited to see a bunch of people the night before. So actually several guests who've been on the show are planning on attending. You never know what's going to work out, uh, but Jessica Tandre is planning on attending, as well as Sarah Candy, who's been a guest on this show. Um, that's Just Runs Blessed and Run Far Girl, if you're more uh, into the, uh, the Instagram handles. Uh, Jenna McHugh is planning on coming. Crystal Seaver is planning on coming. Uh, my friend Allison from down in Baltimore... Tom Paquette and a bunch of other people so if you can make it or you're going to be in the area please come by 8 p.m the lookout tavern on Friday the 24th and if you're running in the race but can't make it that night I will be hanging out after the race recovering from my, my mountain 10k and looking to connect with everybody at the race whether they know about the podcast or not just be a fun time in general so anyway uh give that race a look if you live in the new england area or new york it's very close to the new york line as well um with that said i hope you like this episode of the podcast with me and laura pierce hello laura and thank you for joining me on the rambling runner podcast
1: hey matt how are you
0: i'm doing great i'm gotta be honest with you i'm a little nervous i'm kind of on the other end of the questions today so i appreciate you um, kind of compiling all the questions that were submitted via Instagram and maybe some of your own as well and in, uh, in doing this one for me.
1: Yeah, I'm excited. Um appreciate the chance to be on again. It's just kind of like home at this point. So it's always a fun time. Um, this, but this is
0: number four, right?
1: This is number four. Isn't that weird? Four out of 91. Oh, gosh. All right. Well, I'm winning. So there you go. Yes.
0: No, that's awesome. And it's uh Yeah. So you were you were one of the people that were kind of pushing this one, Mm -hmm. you know, so I think I I got it quite a bit. That's the reason we're doing it is that people are like, hey, we don't know anything about you, dude. Like, how how about you do one on yourself? So at first I really resisted. And then um, for a little while, you're like, come on, dude, come on, dude, I'll interview you. So here we are. I'm excited to get it going.
1: Well, I mean, we all listen to you every single week, and it's one of those things where you're just naturally curious about the guy who's interviewing all your friends. So it just makes sense that, you know, we all want to learn a little bit more about you. Um, so that's why we're here.
0: Well, be careful what you wish for, dear <laughs> listeners. But, uh... All right. So how do you want to start it off?
1: All right. Well, I think a good place to start is just like where we are now is... I think we're all really curious about how the rambling runner podcast started and you just came up on a year, which is really exciting. We all had fun listening to your, your year, um, anniversary episodes, uh, with some big guests, which is really cool for you. Um, so why don't you just like get us started on like how you came up with the idea and uh, we'll go from there.
0: Yeah. So I have been a big fan, I guess I was like one of the first people, that I knew of that like got into Audible. So like I was like so into audiobooks. I've traveled so much for work in my various jobs that I've always had audiobooks like even going back to like audiobooks on CD. Like I used to have a ton of those. In fact, I still have some in my car that like I don't think I've used in like 5 years, but I still have some in my car. <laughs> so like I've always been into like audiobooks and then podcasts. And that was just always a thing for me. And then um, about two years ago, when I was working at Providence College, I just kept pushing for um, them to have their own podcast. I was like, hey, this is great. You know, you have so many alumni and parents and, and faculty and students, so many good stories. And you have the alumni magazine and your own website. Like, why not just branch out into podcasts? So I just kept bringing it up to their director of marketing and communications, who's a really good guy. And finally, he was like, listen, we're going to do it. I'm like, oh, that's great. That's great. He goes, but there's one catch. I'm like, oh, yeah, what's that? I was like, do you have propagating the equipment? He goes, no, we've already bought the equipment. I was like, oh, th- what's the catch? He goes, you have to be the host. Yes. And I was <laughs> completely not ready for that. Um, I had done nothing of the sort. I basically, when I was coaching basketball at Roger Williams University, I did do the color commentary on the radio of some of the women's basketball games. But besides that, I had no formal experience doing anything like that oh, so
1: you have such a, a outgoing personality though and I mean let's face it the thing is rambling runner so I mean talking just kind of comes naturally to you right
0: uh in a matter of speaking and okay. I know it's a, ba- a bad word choice considering <laughs> the question but I mean if I if you like say gone to like high school with me or something like that it wasn't that I was shy but I wasn't like biggest talker either i was kind of like right in the middle Mm -hmm. and i would say that that's pretty much persisted uh unless like it's for my job like if i was so if i was coaching you know i was pretty talkative like in practice or if i was recruiting somebody i'd be talkative um but i think it's more of like trying to get the the guest to talk right Right. i'm talking the whole time um save for this episode i guess um it's, it's probably a, a bad sign for this show if i'm the one doing all the talking um so i kind of jumped in head first. so that episode that podcast was a weekly interview podcast not a whole lot different than this one frankly but it was just a wide range of topics in fact. The whole point was to get a wide range of topics like you didn't want to you know, pigeonhole yourself into one area, whether it's, you know, faculty or even an apartment or only doing sports or what. So basically you wanted every episode to be different, meaning a different topic and a different constituency, meaning like a faculty member or an alumnus or a student or what have you. So I did that for a year. And then I had, had Anch- the Anchor app, which I used to record the podcast. Mm-hmm. I was aware of it. Because it came out originally as like an audio Twitter is what it was. And I was kind of messing around with it, but it was kind of useless basically because, you know, you wouldn't know what was in someone's little audio Twitter recording until you heard it. So it was, wasn't very like, um, it wasn't very convenient and it really just took up a lot of, t- lot of your time. And they basically then pivoted to recording podcasts phone to phone and they were the first app to do that. And at that point, I just jumped at the chance to create my own podcast because at PC, we had like a laptop and we had all these all this equipment, we had a producer and all this stuff, which was really useful, but also necessary at that time where the Anchor app made it. Uh, much more user-friendly and as the app has developed over the course of the past year the audio quality has gotten better and the phone-to-phone connections have gotten better and it's um i'm able to edit in the in the in the app now and it's just made it very useful for me and also cuts down on the time so i'm able to do two podcasts a week and have still have other parts of my life functioning reasonably well
1: reasonably so, well which is reasonably always, well a good thing. we'll get more into that later cause I think we're all curious how you how you balance it all but tell us about like your first podcast what was it even like like finding who was your first podcast
0: oh man this was a great so like I was I'd gotten into like kind of posting about my running or not even posting but like following people doing running stuff yeah. uh a year and a half ago I think it was like one of those like all right um, maybe it was like January, February, I started getting into Instagram and then just kind of branching out from there. And so I started getting into it. And then I, um, as I decided, when was I, once I decided I wanted to do the podcast, I basically sat on it for like a month and a half. And I, um, at that time I was like, all right, I knew from doing the Providence College podcast that I wanted to line up the guests beforehand i didn't just want to go into episode one get a guest and then look for a guest for episode two mm-hmm. so i wanted to lock down like three or four guests in a row so i got a little bit of momentum so i also had some experience noticing that like there's certain people who you can get a feel for that they'd be good in that setting like pretty gregarious people who are you know not not afraid to share themselves or be vulnerable things like that so I basically found what I thought to be, and and it proved very true, to be the perfect person for episode one. And she agreed right away, which was so nice. It was Shawana White.
1: Oh, I remember that episode.
0: And she was great. And I was not. (laughs) She was, she bared with me. It was like a 24-minute episode. I recorded it from the parking lot of a target in Suffolk County, New York, I was on the road for business. um, It was like the worst audio quality imaginable. I wasn't that great of a host, but it was a starting off point and, You know, as I I tell a lot of the guests before we record, like the goal is not perfection. The goal is just, you know, to have a good conversation and to get your story out there. And um, hopefully I was able to do that. And uh, but no, but she was she was great. And we've talked on and off since then about getting her on there again to actually, you know, doing it, doing a good job this time.
1: Well, they've definitely evolved past 24 minutes. So um, I think we we all know that Uh, sometimes they you know it's the rambling runner so sometimes it's always like fun to have ones that are like longer than an hour it keeps you engaged and I always like tend to pause and then come back to them just depending on where I'm at in my work day but tell me about like when you you landed your first big guest because you've had some really cool people on um and I just I think we're all so curious one how you landed certain people and two you know how do you how do you find people? What's your search process like?
0: Right. So the beginning of the search process was hard because I'm like, I'm a nobody, right? I'm like, I'm from a running standpoint and still am. I'm just, I'm, I'm a jag. I'm just another guy. <laughs> <You> know, I'm <laughs> like, I am no different than a lot of people. So there was nothing unique about me personally, and because the podcast was new, there was nothing unique about this show. The one thing I had going for myself was that because I had the Providence College podcast on my resume, mm-hmm. I was able to say, hey, I did this thing for a year. I'm starting my own running podcast, but it, like, let people, I think set people at ease about the fact that like, I wasn't a beginner host, just the show was new. So what I did at first was I, I would interview somebody and then I, no one... When I posted about it, no one knew who I was, so no one cared about that. But when they shared the show, people would get into it and be like, oh, I like the episode or whatever. So I would go through all of their mentions and be like, oh, this person looks interesting. And then I would ask them to be on the show. So that's how I got guests early on. That way I didn't have to explain what the show was because they already heard it. So it was like, that was kind of like, it kind of like a, a marketing technique plus a way of getting interesting people with interesting stories who already knew about the show, which mm-hmm. made the whole process a lot easier. Um, so that was the key for me. It was like, you know, getting people with interesting stories and people who are willing to tell those stories in a long form format. And not everyone wants to do that. And some people just aren't comfortable doing it. The hard part is, if people don't tell you via social media about those things about the parts of their lives well then you have no way of knowing right unless you're unless you're friends with them in some other context or if one of their friends drops a dime on them and says hey you really should talk to this person so basically i'm always putting out requests like hey if you know somebody let me know and i've acted on a lot of those and other ones it's just a matter of like me scrolling through social media looking to see so looking for like say you see how many posts i've saved on instagram i've saved like thousands of posts and like oh this one might be good and like and then try to extrapolate it into a guest um it's hard for me to say like a a big guest per se you had nick simmons that was a huge guest but you want to know what so nick simmons was one of the best 800 meter runners in america for like a decade right That was the least listened to podcast that month.
1: Really? Well, I mean, there's something to say about that, right? Because we're a community of just runners and friends and you want to listen to your friends' stories and you want to hear more about them because the reality is with Instagram and as as much as I absolutely love it, there's people on there that, I mean, I am really great friends with and I'm sure you are too, that I will likely never meet in real life Um, just because our, our... paths might not cross. So I actually can, I I can actually relate to that a lot because you're more interested in, in what your friends have going on than a celebrity.
0: And it's harder to relate. Yeah. Like there's other people who I have on this show who don't have social media followings or social media at all. Some of them. And those people still get great listenership because they have an interesting story to tell that people can relate to. Right. You know, and I think Nick Simmons does too, but also he's been on a ton of podcasts, right? Like you don't need to listen to my podcast to hear his story. You can listen to a dozen other shows. And that's the whole (laughs) reason I started my podcast. I was like, I love the podcast that, that, um, talk to the pros. I listen. I have subscribed to three of them, in fact, but they don't need another person doing those. You know, they got that, that, that corner is well-manned. Like if half the podcast interviewing running professionals, all of a sudden stopped tomorrow, there would still be plenty. Right. So they didn't need another person doing that. So that's why I started this one to kind of talk to and about amateur runners. Like the Nick Simmons one was, I thought was fairly unique because I was the first person to interview him when he announced his last race. Mm -hmm. I was the first. He announced that on a Thursday morning. I interviewed him an hour later. And then that interview dropped 12 hours later. So that was the first media to do that. Um, So that was fairly unique, but I would say, in terms of ones that people like, really kind of gravitated towards, the ones around CIM I think were were interesting. That kind of got me a little bit more listenership. Mm-hmm. I think it was interesting. It was like um, Kimberly Clark Underwood was one of them. Um,
1: and Amanda Cruz, bunch. right? Amanda Cruz she, had was a, one. She,
0: she was a little little later oh, than Alyssa later. was okay. in there. Mc, uh, Maria Bettencourt was in there. Um, I talked to after that i also had amanda cruz right then and then i had matt fitzgerald and then i and then basically i had a string of like six weeks where i was like i can't believe who i'm getting on this show this is like like right in a row then it was like caitlin craig goodman and then it was and it was amanda cruz and then it was patrick cutter and then it was mel and then it was just like boom 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 and then it went from like I think the podcast I think tripled in listenership. It, you like, blew, blew like four up. weeks.
1: You blew up in the winter. Like it was actually pretty incredible to watch. I'm a bit of like a, a geek when it comes to just analytics and um just engagement with with social media. And so I've always been kind of curious like how your how your listenership works like with the, the data behind it and just watching everybody posts about your podcast over the winter, right before Boston. Um, It was incredible to see how much word spread amongst our community with, um, with just everybody listening to it. So you, you've just experienced tremendous growth over the last six, you know, six to eight months alone. And part of that
0: too was because some of the, first guests were really good, but no one knew about the show yet. Mm-hmm. So when people like say like someone say someone they knew about was on the show. So say if Patrick Cutter was on the show or Matt Fitzgerald or Amanda Cruz, you know, or Kim came on the show and like they brought, you know, certain people to the show who never heard of it, then they're like, Oh look, Alana Copelson was one of the guests. Like she was like episode six. And then it was like, oh wait, Jen Ryans was a guest? She was like episode four and she was an Olympian. You know what I mean? So yeah. it was like I had these people who I'd interviewed but at the time no one was listening. So I think people went back into the catalog. I see it every day now like like last week Amanda's episode had 500 listens.
1: Oh my gosh.
0: I interviewed her in January.
1: That's crazy.
0: So like people so when so when I see like the stats it's not just like people say pick up say say this is someone's first podcast listening to the Rambling Runner. Hopefully it's not. Hopefully you've listened to better guests before this. But say this is the first one that someone's listening to. Oftentimes what happens, and the stats show it, that people will then go backwards. They won't just like wait for the next one. So all of a sudden you'll see like these binges. So like yep. when I had um, Victoria Philippi was on, So as run, run for PRs. Yep. Was, so she was on and she pumped out the episode. She like shared it with a ton of people and then it got a lot of listens that day but then like got a lot of listens for the whole next week. And it was all tied back to that because people started re-listening to old episodes right? listening to the first time to old episodes. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden you saw this spike where it was like a Sunday. It was like, wow, I got 5,000 downloads today. That's so random. Like I don't, I didn't release an episode today, but it was all because of people coming to the podcast and then going through the catalog.
1: It's like I said, it's just been incredible to see the growth of it all. And I think, we're all curious, like, obviously it's going to stay within running because um, it's the rambling runner, but how do you see it evolving in the future?
0: Lately, I've been a little bit more willing to talk about difficult topics. Um, I knew that was always where I wanted to take the show. I've just been self-conscious about my own ability to help a guest kind of bring that story out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the, the obvious one that comes to mind is Sam Gardner. Right. Um, you know, who was, uh, you know, who, who, you know, terrible things happened to her on a run, you know, she was raped on a run and I uh, was held against her will in the woods for hours and hours. And then, you know, by the grace of God, um, you know, she was, she, she got away. Um, like, she 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 contacted me. and was like, hey, I'd like to be on your show. This is a story I want to tell, and I was like, I am not ready to wow. tell the story. I was like, I told her, I'm like, you're right. This story needs to be told. But like, part of me was like, let me go call my other podcasting friends so they can tell it for you because I am not, I I can't do the story justice. And I reached out to a bunch of my a bunch of a bunch of people, a bunch of friends, and you know some of the, some of the people who follow me on Patreon as well. And I said, hey. This is a the, Sam had been pretty open. She'd written a blog post on it. I'm like, This blog post, basically, this woman wants to tell the story that's written in this post. Like, I don't think I'm up to the job, but I want to hear you out. What do you think? And a bunch of them were like, You've got to do this. And then James McCurdy, my coach, um, was like very open about it. He's like, This is going to be the best episode you ever do. Like, you've got to do it. You've got to do it. And I I don't know if it's my best or not, but it's not about me you know it's about sam and she right. you know, and i think a lot of people took a lot from that episode it might not have been like the most entertaining but it might have been the most impactful
1: i 100 percent agree with you i mean it and i mean this in the nicest way is like if that story had come across in like the beginning of you you know starting the podcast you you wouldn't have known what to do with it and even at this time like you've grown so much though um as an interviewer that you, you were ready for it. Like just to give you like a little bit of a confidence boost, like you were ready for it. And it was just such an impactful podcast. And especially with what news broke today, when we're recording this with, with Molly Tibbetts, I mean, it is just, it is such an important topic for even, especially female runners to address being safe while running. It's, it's terrifying. So you, you, you definitely came out with, with one of, I would say that's like top five for me of, of, of the podcasts of yours that I've um, listened to over the year, last year. It was just an incredible story. Um, oh, I can't even, yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, and, and, and to make a direct comparison, I had an interview at the end of December with Liz Farrow, who started a, a nonprofit in the Cincinnati area for kids, you know, with, with who live in troubled lives and who have been sexually abused, and i I was really excited to have her on the show. She was wonderful. I was not. I was not then what I am now as an interviewer. Yeah. And if I could do the episode again, I would. I don't think it was bad per se, but I was too afraid to ask follow up questions. I was too afraid that I would sound naive or that like I would come across in a way that wasn't understanding. And I think that I was being a little too hard on myself, but I think I was just erring too much on the side of caution that I basically let her tell a story. And I didn't ask any questions about the difficult parts of her life or not as nearly as many as I could have that would have maybe brought more text, you know, kind of like context to the story yeah. and, te- and textualized it in a way. And, you know, just had a conversation about it that was judgmental, but it just a way of just kind of expressing it. And, um, yeah, I think it, it, just comparing those two episodes, I think it's night and day, and it had nothing to do with the guests. Like, they're both fantastic people, and Liz is very loquacious, and she would have talked for four hours if I was, you know, if I had, you know, if I was a good enough guest to make that happen. I mean, good enough host to make that happen, but it was, um, but yeah, it was, it, was, it was an obvious comparison point for me. That's for sure. But, like, other things, too, is, like, mental health is another mm-hmm. one. Um, spirituality and religion. Is another yeah, one? Yeah
1: the the thirty one hundred um, mo- it's the thirty one hundred movie, right? Yes, exactly. That was he. I forgot his name. I'm so sorry, but yes, yeah,
0: Sanjay Rawal.
1: Yes. Oh my gosh, I listened to that at work, and it was it was just like this blissful part of my day listening to him talk about just the spirituality connected with running, and I was just it was such a turn for you because when it when it like popped up. Uh, that you had a new podcast, it was like, wait, what is this? Like, this is this is brand new for Matt. Like, I don't understand what's going on. I don't know this person or this movie or this this whole run. But it was such a cool new direction that you had gone in. And so it's fun to see the evolution of this.
0: I think other things that I've um, – other ways we can go, too, is different ages.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I basically stayed – I think Alana Copelson was probably the youngest person I've interviewed. She's 25 or was 25 when I interviewed her. Um, but for the most part, people have been like between 30 and 42. I think Jonathan's 46. So maybe he's, you know, maybe he's, he was like with the oldest for a while. Um, but then like, I've had a couple, like I had Molly Friel, mm-hmm. which I think was another one. You know, she had, she dominated CIM. That was another episode that I think got some play as well. Um, and a couple others, but I think like, maybe different ages I think could help. I think there's a cohort of runners who maybe don't listen to the podcast because I get to see the ages as well. Right. Of people who listen. Um But like there's, there's, there's a woman who listens to this show who out in Utah who has, like, for months been recommending this woman to be on the show? And, like, I haven't pulled the trigger on it, but she's like this 75 year old marathoner.
1: Oh, no, pull the trigger.
0: I know. It's like, it's it's, it's embarrassing how long no, I put this on. But there- so, So, Lynn's on the run. I'm sorry. I'm sorry well, I, I haven't done it
1: Linz. yet. <laughs> I love Lynn's. You take her suggestion.
0: Lynn's a 131 last week. I a half. know. She was
1: insane. It. And then um lindsey went sub 90 like i'm just and just enthralled by all my friends killing it i love it yeah um yeah. but back on topic here so i think it i think we all want to know you know we all want to do this until we're 80 90 years old and on our deathbed so of course we want to know what a 75-year-old marathoner has to say. That is fascinating. Pull the right. trigger.
0: Or like that guy, George, who the last 25 years has run the Mount Washington race, the last 45 years or something. hmm He's 91. Just. We... Like, like, I, don't, yes. I mean, I don't, I don't know him, but I've had some people be like, yo, you got it. Like, you if you if you, to. Get, if you if you can get an iPhone in this dude's hand and he can hear you, like, you got to talk to this guy. <laughs> That's not me talking. That's literally a quote from someone who contacted me. Um, So, (laughs) so, uh, save your comments. But um, yeah, so I think that that's another one too. And then you know, I think the other thing too is that um, everyone's story can be is is different by definition. And I think part of that too is me making sure that I can bring out the hurdles that people have gone through in the
1: episodes
0: so like even if all the topics are the same exactly what people have gone through is different and how they tell it is going to be different so i think there's that as well there's been times where i've struggled with diversifying the show Mm -hmm. um in a variety of different ways i think there was one stretch where i think like i had like 12 out of 13 straight podcasts were women
1: yeah we kind of dominate a little bit i've (laughs) But, that.
0: <laughs> but part of that was like happenstance like i had like one podcast the audio like didn't record it was like all right what are you gonna do there i had two where like there was just like crazy situations so they had to cancel the last minute and they just postponed till later in the year and then just like you know again it was just like hey you get people when you get them right and over the long term it balances out but in the short term i had some guys were like hey man like any, t- any testosterone coming up in the near future, or is there going to be? Is this is going to be all women from here on out. Um, oh my gosh! <laughs> so you, know, you get that, and then you have like again, diversity is like one of those words that means so much it almost means nothing. But like you know, because there's so many different kinds of diversity, right. but I think that's important. You, you that you touch on all of those, all the different kinds, but not for diversity's sake. You do it because you want to have interesting stories, and. The, you know, the more interesting the stories are, the better the show's going to be. And I think that's that's the point: is that you want you want the whole the whole podcast to be about dedicated amateur runners that have an interesting story to tell. And if you can have the more of those, the better. And by definition, if you know that that's going to create a diverse group of guests. If if I'm able to kind of accomplish that goal in the long term, in the short term, you can go through little spells here and there. But I think, you know, if you take it over a six month, 12 month span, then you look at it and say, okay, how did this work out from a guest standpoint?
1: Right. Well, just keep them coming. I mean, we, we're all super engaged. We love where it's going and there is no limit of interesting stories out there, um, as it pertains to runners. I mean, there's, there's so many people that just haven't had a chance to talk yet who have incredible stories to tell. So they're out there. I'm sure you'll find them.
0: I have no shortage of people <laughs> on my radar. My little, like, notes tab in my iPhone where I write people's names down. It's like, it's, yeah, it's endless. Yeah. It's
1: endless. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's take a turn here. So we've, we've spent some time talking about the podcast. But I think we all want to hear more about your origins with running in, in general. And I wanted to kind of touch on something that was on um, your Instagram. And I, we'd all know that you played basketball and you coached basketball and you posted a throwback at Vassar and it said, I never became the player I could due to injuries, lack of dedication and inconsistent effort. And then you talked about how you've tried to channel that presently through running. So I think that's a good place to start is kind of, with your basketball background and then how you've transitioned that into the present.
0: Yeah. I, you know, I was one of those guys who, um, I wasn't going to get, I wasn't going to become a good athlete on talent alone. Um, and it was all about like, basically my, uh, my production as an athlete was 100% correlated to my sustained effort no doubt about it. It was never just a function of pure athleticism or talent or anything like that. Like, I mean the, the the kind of the normal definition of talent. Mm -hmm. So that's what it was all about for me. And, And I've always been of the opinion that if I had committed myself more as an athlete, when I was say 16 to 22 and done all the things I should have, or, um, you know, just basically said, I'm going to, I'm going to reach my potential. Then I feel like I would have had a very different athletic career. And it pains me to say that because athletics was such a big part of my life. However, it just, I just didn't, I just didn't do enough. I didn't reach my potential. And it was one of those things where it was very frustrating at the end of my senior year, because like, I then got like this weird injury my senior year in my hand That basically didn't allow me to extend my hand. Like, you know, shooting motion. like All of a sudden your wrist goes like past basically where where the follow through would be. Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to follow through. I had like multiple cortisone shots on the outside of my hand and all this stuff. It was like this random ligament injury and like, or tendon injury. And it was basically like, no. every doctor was like, I don't know what to tell you. It's just weird. It's like, I guess it's (laughs) overuse. I don't know what to tell you. So it was like this weird thing. And I'm like, Oh, I feel so cheated. Like I just, it never, it never ended up happening for me. And I had a very similar thing in high school, not injury related, but like I kind of got eclipsed by some underclassmen as I was, as I was, as a senior and it was no one's fault, but my own, it was completely my fault. And those were all good kids who worked hard. I had no ill will towards any of them, but it was like, again, a senior year kind of bummer. And it was, um, it was in terms of like my own, my own production, I should say. And, I look at that now and say, "Hey, is that? I don't want that to be this like red line that goes through my whole life. This like connecting thread of like unaccomplished, like basically like a potential unrealized right. in various endeavors, and that worries me because that's kind of been I feel like uh, a consistent theme in my running as well for a variety of different reasons." And that's why I posted that is that like that's that's one of those things that I worry about but at the same time I have a hard time um I feel like some people are just one of those like they see what they need to do and they just do it. Right. And maybe that's oversimplification, maybe their inner monologue is much more fraught with the back and forth. Um you know the angel on one side, the devil on the other. But I feel like I'm like everything just feels like a struggle sometimes to like get to to improve and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, I just, I know I can do it. I know I need to do it. I know I just need to like do all of these little things that will will add up to a big thing, but it just hasn't happened yet and uh, in any of my athletic endeavors. And I would like it to happen with running and and I want it to, and I I think it will. But, you know, I can also say that I've never accomplished a race goal, period. You haven't? there's never been a race I've been racing in i I've been racing 5k since I was in seventh grade I've never gone into a race with a goal and achieved it and again there's a, a ton of factors that play into that every race is different yada 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 but it's like one of those things where you're going through, like, all right, screw goals, man. I'm, I'm done with goals. I'm, I'm done. I've been doing this for 20 years with the goals. I need to stop with the goals. I need to just run. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, obviously that's a little tongue in cheek, but it's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where after a race, you're like, oh, goodness gracious. Why do I keep doing this to myself? But I'm also addicted to it because not running itself necessarily, but the idea of reaching my my physical potential in a sport while I'm still on the, in the potential prime of my um, physical ability.
1: Right. Right. It's, it's that thing of like, I, I post a lot. It's because you can, like you, you can, you can still get out there and do this. And so why wouldn't you try?
0: And I'm very conscious of the fact I'm 37. Not that that's a negative right now. Cause it's not, You know, I'm not like racing the hundred meters where like my age would be a factor, but I'm also aware of like, Hey, like, it's great that Jonathan Greenwald and Heather Schultz like achieved PRs in their forties, um, as someone who hasn't gotten a PR in eight years, (laughs) I like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not like going to put all my chips on that bet. So I want to like, you know, reach my potential sooner rather than later. I don't want to just assume I'll get there at some point.
1: Well, you are being coached by somebody amazing. Obviously I'm familiar with, with James McCurdy. Um, I'm coached by Heather and just under the McCurdy train collective, there's just such um, intensity and passion for the sport of running. So tell us a little bit about, um, you know, being coached by James. I know we all listen to the coaches corner, but just from your perspective.
0: Yeah. So being coached by James is great. He's like, he's very proactive with the communication which is funny because it's like, I forget he has like this big life of like other people he talks to. Like, it feels like I'm the only one he course he like corresponds with. Like, that's like how it feels, um, which is pretty hysterical. Cause I'm sure he probably texts like 200 different people a day, but it's always like, Hey, I just had a 30 minute text exchange with James McCurdy. Like it was, it was really cool. Anyway. Um, yeah. It's funny. It's like, I've I've been blessed to have three really good running coaches. Mm-hmm. So for a while before I was married, um, and then a little bit at the beginning of my marriage, I was I was part of this Ronald McDonald running uh, Ronald McDonald House running team here in Providence. Where it was like you paid 50 bucks and it basically just went right it was basically just a a donation to Ronald McDonald House. And then this married couple coached everyone in the group. And it wasn't just like Oh, ho-hum, a local couple. It was the former cross-country and track coach at Brown University who'd been coaching at Brown for 35 years.
1: Oh, no big deal. No big deal.
0: Yeah, <laughs> just just two of the best coaches in the country. So and all I had to do was give them 50 bucks. And it was a local club. So I, like, I would do like track workouts in front of them like twice a week. They would coach me in person as well as give me plans and weekly feedback and all that stuff. And it was such a blessing. Again, these were like six... 30, I'm sorry, six o'clock in the morning track workouts, which I can't do now because I have kids, but, (laughs) um, but they were great and, um, they were wonderful. And then for a year, I worked with Caitlin, Greg Goodman, who's one of the best runners in the country. Mm -hmm. She was wonderful. And now I'm with James and he's great too. So I can say that like coaching has never been my problem. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) You know, there's a lot of problems with my running and coaching has never been one of them. Um, I love how how you know James is probably one of the most proactive communicators I know, just like personally know, not just like from a coaching perspective. Like he's just so proactive with communication, which is nice. Um, he has endless confidence in people reaching their ability. It's hysterical to talk to him about this, and this is going to be a topic for later on when I talk to him on a next episode. Mm-hmm. But like, I was talking to him. It was funny. I was driving up to a vacation with my wife. I think it was where I got Lyme disease, actually. Oh, <laughs> it was like, I got Lyme disease, like, that afternoon. But <laughs> we are driving up to New Hampshire, and, like, I have him on speakerphone, and my wife's, like, just perusing a magazine. And I'm talking to him, and I'm, like, he was telling me about one of the athletes in his, in his stable who, like, you know, who had just broken three hours. And I was, like, man, those people are just amazing, huh? He goes, I mean, he goes, he goes, that person's amazing. He goes, but Breaking three hours isn't amazing. He's like, anyone could do it. And I'm like, get out of here. It's <laughs> like, knock it <laughs> off. Like, man, like, yeah, like, listen, James, like, I know I can't do it. I was like, I can't, maybe everyone but me can do it, but I know I can't do it. Like, I've run two marathons and my fastest was 345. Like, if I break seven minutes on a tempo run, I'm like over the moon. I'm like, never mind, like, break seven minutes per mile on a marathon.
1: Oh my he's gosh.
0: like, he goes, I have, he goes, he was like, listen i have I, like i am 100 percent sure you could break three hours in a marathon he's like there's no doubt in my mind he goes if you wanted to do that you could he goes i have no doubts i'm like and i'm sitting there in the car and my wife's like yeah right <laughs> 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 and i was sitting there like the same way we're kind of looking at each other like i don't know um but it was funny because then all of a sudden he starts like then he just talks for like 15 straight minutes about like everyone who's done it like this person did it and then this person did it and gives me the backstory on each one of them and at the end of it you're like i guess i can't argue with them right like all of these people were 4:30 marathoners who mm-hmm. then broke 3 hours like i have a modicum of athletic talent like i guess maybe i could be able to do it too and then i'm like going back to earth i'm like no 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 you're a 3:45 <laughs> marathoner and you can't break 7 minutes for tempo runs but it's um yeah so it's like that those sorts of conversations are unique and it's amazing that he'll like just talk to me for like an hour and a half. Like just he'll just call me up and talk to me for an hour and a half.
1: And that it's was, like that's
0: a very unique experience.
1: That was one of the questions that came through um from your Instagram stories. Uh the, the name is really long. It was from uh Nighthawk two four six zero one but do you plan to run another marathon anytime soon? No. What
0: <laughs> the answer oh, no. is no and, and Nighthawk, you know four six nine seven two five one. I will say <laughs> not that, right at
1: all. Yeah, I
0: know. <laughs> so it's uh, the reason is I, I cherish my family. I guess is the reason. I, mm-hmm. When I'm when I was marathon training, I was engaged. I think the second time I was engaged. The first time I wasn't, but I was living with my wife at the time, and we were engaged. I'm never going to forget this because, like, at the time, like. Now it's just, it's, it's hysterical that I thought I had this like crazy busy life at the time. Um, when I, I completely didn't in retrospect, now that I actually do have a crazy life, right? Um, and you know, it's like I would go for my morning long run on a Saturday and I'd be useless the rest of the day, I'd be completely useless. And I'm like, I can't do that now, I just can't. And like, and like, also, even on weekdays. I think about it like I can. I have an hour and 10 minutes max to run right. on a weekday. And that's if I leave the house at 4.30. Oh,
1: it's so early. I feel so like early, but that sounds like just really early.
0: So that's if I leave at 4.00. I'm, I'm literally walking out the door, it's 4.30. I'm in by 5.40. That's the latest I can be in the house. And that's tough. Like, that's hard to sustain for the long term. Because even then, even in that situation... I had an issue this spring where, like, my lack of sleep came back to bite me. Mm-hmm. I, like, I was, ha- I was not doing my job at work. I like, I, I, like, completely melted down. I, like, was short with everybody. I wasn't a good parent. I wasn't a good employee. I was completely drained. And, like, I forget the, 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 the formal word for it. But I just, I basically had gone a year sleeping five hours a night.
1: Oh, that's so unhealthy.
0: And it was, it was completely unhealthy, but, but I had this trade-off because it was like, all right, well, but if you want to run 40 miles a week, that's what I have to do. Right. Well, that's not true. I can go to sleep earlier. I, but I do have to wake up at four. That's, that's a non-starter, um, in terms of like, all right, if you want me to run 40 miles a week, I have to wake up at four. That's the deal. Now I can go to sleep earlier, but, um, but that's the trade-off. So that's, uh. That's one of the things. So it's hard for me to imagine running a marathon if running a marathon and doing it well requires me to run a lot more miles than I'm currently
1: running. Right. You're going to be up in the 50, 60, 70 range. And that's just such a time commitment.
0: And and who knows? Maybe James, maybe St. James will say, hey, no, you don't have to do that. If you run 40 miles a week for two years, then you'll be ready. Right. And maybe, and maybe that's true. I don't know. I'm, I've, ne- I've never had the conversation. with him, So I can't say that, but. If he did say, "Hey, yeah, for you, you would need to run 60 miles a week," it'd be like, "Ah, oh well. <laughs> <laughs> I guess well. I'll stick to these other races."
1: So basically, the shorter distances make Matt a happier person,
0: a better person,
1: a better it might person. might be a better.
0: Might yeah. be a, I might like be that. The, yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm always curious. Like you do so much. Like you have this huge career. You're a parent and a spouse. And a runner. And then you have this on top of it. Like I am one of those people that completely just thinks like, I mean, I have a kid and running and and career, but I'm always just like, and, and like, and my family, but I'm always like, oh my God, I have so much going on. That's just one kid. Like, I don't understand how you balance all of this. Like, how do you do it?
0: Well, I don't balance anything. Um, (laughs) You, you, you get a lot of help. Um, and, you know, so like my wife works really hard and, you know, like she, is she, she's, she's a saint, frankly, Aww. you know, she does a lot of stuff. She, she, you know, as, as hard as much as I do in a day, she does more. Uh, I can say that without a question. Um, I live across the street from my in-laws. It's literally everyone loves random. I think they live like all we need is a zip line from my daughter's window to their front door, and I think we'd be all set. So they're over all the time. They're helping. They're just involved with the kids. My mom is very is, is around. She lives 30, you know twenty five minutes away. She's around all the time. We have so much help. We are very very blessed, and it gives me a little flexibility. But also, like, you know, I just I have you have more time than you think too. Right. It's just how you spend it. Again, there's nothing wrong with sitting down and watching Netflix at night. If that's your jam, like, if, yeah. like that's, if that's what makes you happy at the end of the day, if you just need to chill out and watch some TV with a glass or two of wine or your favorite beverage, fine. <laughs> if that's going to center you for the next day, do it, my friend. But I guess this is what I do instead is that on the nights you know after my kids go to bed, I do the podcast. And that's just how it works for me. So, you know, my wife gets to watch, I don't know, how long does it take to watch all of Grey's Anatomy? I feel like she's on like month one three right now going through all of the episodes. But like she can watch as much Grey's Anatomy as she wants because I'm in the basement doing the podcast. So, um, you know, I think at night and on weekends you have choices, but especially, especially at night. And this is just how I choose to spend my night uh, a couple nights a week
1: alright I, I can get behind that also it just it takes a village
0: it does take a village and you have to like it because there's some nights where you're like I don't want to do this you're like I am not in the mood to talk to anybody never mind talking to somebody for an hour and have it taped for people right. to listen to but it's a lot like running as soon as you start it, it just kind of works itself out and by the end you're like I'm so glad I didn't
1: put that off <laughs> I like that. I like that uh, comparison. That works. Um, so let's get into some of the, the questions that, that um, people submitted on Instagram because I don't want to keep these untouched. So Rachel underscore runner, who I actually I run with, um, she lives in my area and we're part of the same running group, um, wants to know what your favorite workout is during training.
0: My, the shorter, the better in terms of the, in, in terms of the <laughs> interval distance. So, oh. I I am, like, for me, I always was a big fan of, like, you know, 100s and 200s. Oh. Like, like, again, I never run 100s anymore at all. Occasionally, like, I'll just, like, throw it in there at the end of a workout just to see what I can do. Um, but I like going anaerobic as much as possible Gosh. with my workouts. And, like, but part of that is, like, that's also what I'm good at. And I don't know. That's all chicken and egg, I guess, a little bit. But – um, I love doing those. I love doing the 400s and the 200s. Like I, today I did, uh, my workout that James put me through today was, was 1600 meters and then 1200 meters and then three times eight. Oh my gosh. And like <laughs> all, all at basically my most recent 5k pace roughly. So I did like 628 pace, all mm-hmm. of them. So even the 800 for 628 pace Okay. and like I knew the minute I saw that I was like these 800s are not going to be a problem at all. Like I, I that's that's not, not going to be an issue. Like just either genetics or just how I was raised as like someone who played anaerobic sports. I knew that like I could do those no problem and like you know doing a 312 800 it's not te- it's, it's not an indicator of my fitness. It's like I could do that 30 pounds overweight not having run very much like that's not bragging that's just like how i'm built yeah just like just like doing a five mile tempo run if you saw like me doing 800 meter workout and then you said what could this guy do for a tempo run you'd be wrong whatever time (laughs) that you think you'd be wrong like i'm gonna run a lot slower than whatever number that came into your head and again that's another just part of like that's just me kind of like battling you know my genetics and how like I've just worked out in the past. So
1: yeah, we we so. all have our strengths, right? Like, I yeah. mean, for, for me, I'm the exact opposite. You give me the more distance, the better. I need time to build and, and more time to push. You give me a 100 or up to like an 800 and I will just ball my eyes out. Like, because I'm just so, that terrible at them. Like I, I just, I'm not a track person. Um, I'm, I'm adapting, but I have so much respect for you guys because I'm just not great at it, Um, but working on it. So props to you.
0: Well, like, like say like in high school, like when I ran track in high school, like I never went to practice. I would always play like street hockey instead. And I would just go to the meets. And like, I think, again, this is, these aren't like world, these aren't like unbelievable times, but it was just like, it was just kind of like it, this is just kind of the athlete I was back then in terms of like, I was much better at the shorter stuff. So like, like in high school, like my 400 time was like a 55 and like, <laughs> oh I could God. like, and I, I, I could like, you know, like, and I did like the long jump and the high jump too. And like, I could dunk a Like I could, like, I, you know, for basketball, like I could dunk a kid's basketball and I'm, I'm five nine. So like, I could, like I had like a little bit of explosive ability, but like, At the same time, like, I just, so I just kind of, like, always stuck to that. So I didn't, I didn't really build up the other parts of, like, my aerobic capacity and stuff like that.
1: I'm just over here, like, your 400 time was a 55. I get so excited if I hit, like, an 80. Like, that's insane.
0: Well, yeah, but it's also different when you're, like, 17.
1: Yeah, all right, I'll give you that.
0: (laughs) Okay. Okay, um, but that's, but but that's, but but that's not, like, amazing for that age group. But it was just, like... But yeah, but I mean, like, you know, so it just, it was just, You're that's just slouching. how I was as an athlete.
1: You're not slouching. Like, that's still, that's still pretty awesome. Um, okay. Anyway, back to the questions here. So, um, Mrs. DET51212, what is your favorite race distance?
0: Oh, man. That's the thing. I hate racing. God, I hate it. <laughs> You know what? That That's so hard. It's, um, I do 5Ks the most. My favorite race, though, is the Nooseneck 18K. Um, it's in Rhode Island. It's the day after Christmas at 11 a.m., and it's the hardest course in Rhode Island. It's like this crazy hill that you have to run, and it's also like this crazy hill you have to finish up. Oh, and it's because it's 11 a.m. The day after Christmas and it's always like horrible weather. It's so it's like it like self-selects for crazy runners and like there's no registration. You literally come in and you put your name on like a clipboard and then they hand you a a, they hand you a number and then you just go and everyone there is people of all abilities. There's people who've people who run that who've won like the new Bedford half marathon which is a huge race around here. Thousands of people go to it. You know, the people who win that, you know, they run sub 70. And like the people, people like that will run this race. And you'll have people who run like 12-minute mile pace will run this race. But they're equally dedicated. These are all just crazy people. And that's my favorite race. Easy. Because it's like the hardest race around. It's like, it's also like the, the people who would be on this podcast are the people who would run that race. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it, it's just, it's like the coolest thing, and um, so I guess my favorite race distance is 11.2 miles, the, the, the New Snack 18k.
1: Thank you for throwing that conversion in there because I was going to ask, and then I knew every single like Canadian who listens is just going to like roll their eyes. all three, all three of them that <laughs> all we all can name by name, all three of them. Okay. Um. Next question from. Our girl Karen, uh, how about a run? Wants to know if you're still on the sugar diet.
0: I am not, Karen. <laughs> much to your delight, I'm sure. Um, back
1: on it, yes. Enjoy the dark side, Matt. It's it's so much fun. <laughs> I haven't
0: I haven't reverted back to my old ways, uh, but I'm not on it as strict as I was before. Um, I probably should be frankly. Um, but no, I'm, I'm not all the way on. I'm not all the way on it, but I am, I eat, I'm eating consistently better than I was four months ago. That's and important. part of, and part of why I did that was to show myself that I could and to like break my sugar addiction, which is real. That's not like, that's not a euphemism. I, I am addicted to sugar.
1: Oh no, I am 100%. Like I relate. I just happen to be one of those people that has like a weird level of self-control for the most part but i think balance is important right like you're gonna drive yourself crazy if you don't let yourself have just a little something every now and then
0: yeah yeah and and the problem is that my little something usually involves a drive-through where there's other things being purchased as well so it's usually not just the (laughs) sugar that's affecting (laughs) me it's like yes i will have that salted caramel shake and the whopper junior and the Nuggets. Yikes. Well. Exactly. Yikes is the word. Yikes is the word. Yikes is the word.
1: <laughs> okay. From, uh, from six, uh, or run the six, who is your dream person to interview?
0: I saw this. I, I, sorry, I try not to look at any of the uh, the questions. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be, like, too prepared. Um, I did see that one, and I'm like, shoot, man. I don't even know. I don't even know. Um if I had, if you put a gun to my head, you say you have to answer it. Yes, I would say it's probably Kara Goucher, which is so random because this is an amateur running podcast. <laughs> but I would say that for this reason, I love what she's doing with a confidence journal. I love what she's doing with her retreat, where she basically it's it's about amateur runners and what amateur runners go through. And I think the conversion of her ability as a as someone who's been at the pinnacle of her sport who at the same time seems to identify as much with her peers as with those who follow her as a Mm -hmm. fan, I think is very unique. And I like the podcast that she's been on. I listened to Mario Fraioli's yesterday that, and I listened to Allie Feller's or Fuller's thanks. Allie Feller, um, Allie on the run show two weeks ago and they both did a great job, but I feel like if I could, I would want to dive more into the retreat, which I don't think she's really talked a whole lot about on podcasts and more of the confidence journal um, from an an amateur running perspective, but to really dig deep into like the, tell me more about issues, like exact examples of when it's been a problem, exact ways that you've dealt with certain things and, and, you know, and really done a full deep dive into both of those because I think it'd be interesting to hear how, Not only why she's interested in these topics that are pretty general, but how she's able to relate to people whose running experiences have been very different than hers.
1: We got to make this happen. I need to hear all of this. (laughs) (laughs) Who knows Kara?
0: I'm trying. I'm trying. I'm trying.
1: (laughs) She's just an incredible human being. And, And you're right. Like, she identifies as much with her peers as, as her following. She's, I wouldn't say like super accessible on social media, but if you're a part of, or just like a, a follower of Wazelle, I mean, she's everywhere and she's just interactive with everybody. And it's a level of, of running professional that we, we haven't quite seen before. She's almost like a hybrid between just like a regular runner and somebody who is an an elite at that and a very accomplished elite. So and I, I think the other great. part too. I think the
0: other part too is that she doesn't pull any punches. Like, right. Like she's not one of those people who's just going to be like, "Yeah, running's the best," and yeah, everyone who runs is like everyone's so good and no, running's not great. And yeah, any everyone who runs in a race, like we all run New York Marathon together, we're all having the same experience. Like she's not that. She's no. not Magoo about it. She's, she's like no. I want to be the best in the world. And if someone beats me, I'm pissed, even if they're my best friend. You know what I mean? Like, so she has that and she has that drive, that competitive nature to her that I think makes, which makes the dichotomy more interesting.
1: And obviously we all know that she's not afraid to speak up about doping and waiting 10 years to get a silver medal that she deserved um i I think that this is just a a podcast that needs to happen so please land it (laughs) but it's funny because i wouldn't even ask her about that like
0: i feel like that gets covered on a lot of other shows like that but that's you're right that's a very interesting topic i would i would go the other i'd go the other way like i'd be like i'm not talking about that not because i'm not interested i'm very interested yeah but it'd be like no i'm talking about these other things like why is there why do you have an emotional connection to like what runners at your retreat have to say like, why would that be the case? Like, I can't imagine LeBron James, as awesome as he is, what he's done in Ohio has been absolutely fantastic. Like, it's hard for me to have, like, him being like, yes, rec league basketball player, tell me about your struggles. But, like, that's what Kara is doing, essentially.
1: We got to figure out how to make it happen. Anyway. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> um, where are we at here? Okay. One last question, and I cut off the person. I'm so sorry. Are there any other runners in the Chittum fam?
0: Well, my kids love to run. I will say that. So my son runs every night. Um, he, he, he runs the dog around the block. Aww. So my son's three. <laughs> and he, uh, he just turned three in April. And so he gets the, he gets the leash. And he runs our dog Banjo around the block. And then I'm behind him. And he just like, he just, he just goes and then he, we get, so our block is, is exactly, it's funny to all, all to all my Canadian friends, our block is, is exactly one kilometer long. So it's, <laughs> it's 0.62 miles. Um, so he'll do that. And then halfway through, we have like this hill. So he'll stop, he'll give me the leash and he'll run up and down the hill for like 20 minutes and then he'll like run the rest of the way home which is always funny. So we do that. as our nightly routine. And occasionally his sister will come along, oh but, if she see, but, if, but if she sees one of her friends on the way, she stops and leaves us, but mm-hmm. hey, that's the way it goes. And uh, no, so we do that. My wife was a middle school, a middle school and high school cross country runner. Um, she walks and runs now, but she's not, you know, she's not into it for the races and things like that. So it's just more of just like, Hey, you know, I run for exercise occasionally and stuff like that. Okay um my dad was a really good track athlete so that's kind of where i got my athleticism from so he was really good in the 100 and 200 and long jump he long jumped over 20 feet and stuff like that um so he was really into that yeah i think i think you broke yeah he was he was in the 11s in the 100 i think he ran like eleven six, eleven seven. oh my gosh in the 100 in high school so um, we
1: know where you get it from yeah
0: Yeah. So he was like that. Um, you know, so he was, so he played, so that was, so he was a runner in that way, but he also, that's why I got into running. Um, when he quit smoking, when I was in middle school, so he was two pack a day, he quit smoking and then picked up running and he would go to races. I would just tag along. So first I would run the kid race um so that was probably when i was fifth grade and then you know every kid race is different and then i just started running the five k's which was cool and then like i started beating him which was really cool i was into that (laughs) as a kid you beat your dad and something it's like this is great yeah so i was like you know so like i was doing pretty well too back then so i was like in eighth grade and i would like come in around like pains me to say this because i'm still (laughs) the same time range um I would come in at like you know like twenty thirty five or twenty forty five and things like that. So, I got I got into a pretty young. That kind of like stepped away from it for a little bit. That's for sure. Back in like my late teens, early twenties.
1: But you're back at it now, and that's the important part. There you go. Yeah. Okay. So you know you're you're not um, immune from it. We're we're to the end. We're past an hour, and we have some questions for you. Rapid fire. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay. Headphones or no headphones?
0: Headphones. Almost all the time, <laughs> unless I'm doing um, a shorter track-based workout. So occasionally I wear headphones for those, but most of the time I don't. And what are you listening to? So I'm usually a podcast listener. I never listen to my own podcast. For the same reason that whenever you record a voicemail message and you listen back, you can't even, you can't even believe the sound of your voice. Right. It never goes away. People, it never goes away. So I don't, I listen to my podcast occasionally to try to like learn from my mistakes, but even that's just, it's just painful because I'm like, there's too many mistakes to, 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 to write down. I'm just done. I'm just going to stop. So, um, I don't listen to mine. I do love basketball podcasts. I love them. Um, there's other podcasts I listen to. I'm like, it's funny. Like my mind is blanking right now. It's so funny. So I'm a big Gary V fan, Gary Vaynerchuk, mm-hmm. I listen to his stuff, uh, I'm a big Bill Simmons fan. Seth Godin has a new podcast. I li- li- like listening to that. I'll get into some rich Roll or James Altucher as well, depending on who they have um, on their show. I do listen to Lindsay Hines show. Mm-hmm. I'll have another. I do like uh, that. That's one of the ones I love to listen to. Um, Let's see here. I have so many. I'm like, I'm like scrolling through my list now. I'll listen to Oprah's podcast on occasion, depending on her guest. Uh, the Chase Jarvis live show is pretty good. I'm a fan of that. Um, this is like way too many. That so I'm listening all right
1: podcasts? Now.
0: Every single podcast that's gotcha. ever been created. Um, <laughs> and then I'm a big, I'm a big hip hop fan. So if I'm listening to music, it's always hip hop. Always.
1: Always. Okay. Best advice you've given to other people about running that you have trouble following.
0: All of it. Every single advice, okay. every single talking point. No. Um I it's fine. I I would say it's um not focusing too much on the short term. Okay. Which I am the worst at doing that. I'm the worst, I think. Cuz I I get it's so easy for me to get down in the dumps about my running and it's always about like a run. I'm like, this is so like, what is going on? I'm not improving. And and I just go down the rabbit hole. And like, it's so easy when you see someone else doing it to be like, yo, knock it off, man. Like you're fine. You know, whatever. Uh, But when it's you, at least when it's me, it's like, it's never that simple. I don't know why, but just never is that simple. I just can't get over it. It's I'm just, such a head case. I'm such a yeah, head case. Yeah, no,
1: I get it. And I struggled with it. And you just have to it's just upward and onward. It's over. M- I told on James to the next one.
0: I told James the other day, I'm like, just so you know, I don't care about my running anymore. He's like, that's a little disconcerting. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I'm delegating it. Like, you have to care about my running now. I'm not going to judge it at all. I'm just going to run what you tell me to run. Yep. And I'm going to like, I'm putting no judgment on it. I don't care in the sense that like, I'm not going to let it affect me. So like, I'm just not going to think about it. Just like, if I do well, great. If I don't, whatever. Like that that's your job now, buddy. I'm not, I'm like, I'm delegating <laughs> giving a crap to you. Good
1: luck, James. Um...
0: <laughs> I was like, because, because, because this is like becoming, is, 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 is it was negatively affecting my running. Right. Caring too much about my results was affecting my results. It was like, it was the opposite of what was supposed to happen. So I just need to stop.
1: That was, that was a good thing to do. Okay. Who motivates you as a runner?
0: Shoot, man. Everybody who beats me, everybody who's faster (laughs) than me motivates me. It's like, I'm one of those people. I'm super competitive. Um, So like I can, I can stand in awe of someone who has like done a remarkable turnaround in their running life. But unless they're beating me, they're not motivating me. But like right. someone who I don't know and have no context, if I'm like that person just beat me, like, Oh man, like, I just can't like, that, that's it. We're, we're going at it. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean, that happened. This, I ran two races this summer and I got beat at the finish line by this dude. And then, like, in my next race, he was there. And there was only, like, 100 people in the race. I'm like, oh, I'm this guy. I am going for that guy. And it was funny. He was, like, the last guy I passed. It was, like, going up this hill at the end of mile two. And I passed this guy. And I was like, I am not – you will not pass me. And I ran, like, the last mile, like, full out. And it was, like, such a motivator for me. But basically – what that is in real life, I had that same experience in my digital life, in social media worlds, where, like, I have that same feeling of, like, that that competitiveness for no reason. And, like, everybody who, like, has ever, like, you know, like, hey, I did this on a tempo run, I'll be, like, damn it, that's better than my tempo run that no! last week. And I'm, like, I gotta beat that. And I, yeah, I am 100, I'm that guy.
1: We yeah. are all on our own journeys.
0: Yeah, but I want my journey to be faster than yours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I... <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. You can race one or you can run one more race the rest of your life. Oh, uh, wait. Well, how do we phrase that one? Oh, that's right. You phrase it so much better than I do. Okay. Um, you could only run one race the rest of your life every single year. Which one is it?
0: Uh yeah, it would probably be the new snack 18 K okay. that I mentioned. That's a good one. Um, I really like that one. Um, let's see here. It's either that one or it's the gaspy days, 5k here in Rhode Island. That was really well attended and it's, it's, um, it's a good course. It's, um, a little up and down and it has a great field. I think this year there was like, Let's see. I I ran it in twenty thirty six. I think I came in one hundred and fiftieth. Oh. So it's a decent field yeah. for like uh for like a pretty low key race. I think there was I think there was five people who broke sixteen thirty.
1: Holy crap.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was like it was a good field for sure.
1: Oh my gosh. All right, what's your bucket list race?
0: Oh man. See, this is where I become a huge hypocrite.
1: Uh, you're gonna say you're gonna say it, aren't you? There, this is only <laughs> marathons. I can only think of marathons. I know. I say this.
0: <laughs> and uh, yeah, so I mean, I don't know which one. I mean, tell me, I do know which one. It's the Boston Marathon, of course. Yes, of course, it's Boston Marathon. Of course. I mean, I live in Rhode Island. It's the Boston Marathon, um, but not just. But it's not a bucket list race just to run it. I have to qualify for it,
1: right? Well,
0: um, you know what you have to do to qualify. I know. I have to run, to run another run freaking those... <laughs> marathon. At least one. Um I know. Just so, like, one. Just nothing, one and kill nothing it. against and nothing against charity runners. I'm all for that. But like my competitive nature, like if I ran it as a charity runner, I would still feel the need to qualify. Like it wouldn't it wouldn't quench my thirst. Right. In that sense.
1: All right. Well, never say never. I mean, I, I have a feeling one of these days you will be back, but we'll see what happens. Okay. <laughs> Who is your dream running partner?
0: Oh, man. I love this one because everyone, like, it, it's, like, so funny. Do they get, like, the most random responses or, like, the same response. You know, I, yep. it's, it's kind of like, it's, like, always these two crazy extremes. I will say the best running partner you ever had was Anne Hurd. Um, Hurd heard was one of the best marathoners in the country, um, back in 1984 when the U.S. hosted the Olympic games in Los Angeles. So that's the one that Joan Benoit Samuelson won. So, Anne was one of the top three runners in the country at the time and got severe stomach distress in the Olympic qualifier and didn't qualify for the Olympics. um, so she ran in that same Ronald McDonald house running group as I did.
1: Whoa,
0: yes, so just you can tell the age difference this was back in nineteen eighty four she did that um I was born in I was born in nineteen eighty one so she's she's significantly older than I am, but we ran the same paces for all of the long runs, so we would run these twelve mile long runs together, and it was like running with a radio next to you, and it was like I would just would we'd start the run, I'd ask her a question, and I wouldn't talk the rest of the run. She would just talk, and it was great she would like just you know everything she was like the quintessential rambling runner she would just talk about all of these crazy things and it was like so amazing cuz she had all of these life running stories and like you know like she got she like hurt her hip so she like dedicated herself to like the rowing machine to get to get her, to keep herself fit and then she like did this crazy like indoor i think it's called it an erg so basically it was an erg contest it's the indoor erg contest erg? for rowing machines yeah that's what they call them i don't know really? but um and she like won it she wasn't even a rower she like rowed for like two months <laughs> she like <laughs> won it for her age group it was like she was this insane athlete and um it was like so unique but it was like so amazing to have like this person who had all these life experiences and would just like go on and on about all the things that she would do so when i think about someone like that I think my ideal running partner would be in the same vein. Like I think it would be Bart Yasso would be my ideal running partner. Cause I would just want to just run with him and not say a word and just listen to all the stories.
1: Or you could just run with Mel. That's what, that's what that's like. Is that right? Oh, she talks so much. It's great. I don't have to say anything. It's perfect. Oh, nice. <laughs> all right. Wait, this is so weird. Like do I in, or do you end? It's so much fun. Oh, this I had so great. <laughs> this was a blast.
0: I am, oh my God, I am so embarrassed. This is the no, longest podcast. Finished. This is the longest podcast in a Rambling Runner history. I talked more than all the guests. This, How embarrassing.
1: This is not the longest. I think it's, you've gone longer.
0: No, I haven't. You want to know why? You want to know why? Because you're thinking about the average length of an episode.
1: Yeah. Or
0: the, but I haven't done the intro and outro yet. Oh, i know this oh is gonna be gosh. an hour and 20 minutes How I embarrassing! Love i love it okay well okay. <laughs> thank you for being such a good sport thank you for pushing me to do this yes. i was really worried um and i felt like it was like self-aggrandizing to like be a Whoa. guest on my own show but thank you for for pushing me into it
1: like i said we all wanted to hear more about our friend matt so just go with it like thanks for having me on to, to talk to you and you know just we're excited for you friend
0: Thank you very much. I appreciate it. All right. I'll talk to you again.
1: All right. Bye.
0: Thank you again, Laura, for hosting this episode of the Rambling Runner podcast. You are a great friend and, dare I say, a better host than I am. (laughs) You are really good. Um, I, uh, yeah. You did a great job. Thank you so much for doing it. I hope you liked this sh- this episode. I hope you liked this show. Uh, if you didn't, please give the Rambling Runner another chance. Um, my other guests are probably much more fun to listen to than me if this is your first time listening to the show. If this isn't the first time listening to the show, thank you for sticking with me. Thank you for listening to this episode. And I promise we'll get back to the regularly scheduled guests on Monday morning. I hope you have a great weekend and happy running.